Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. So this is our last episode for this series on dancing. And we just want to, you know, rewind it back today all the way to our first episode on mourning, where we talked about mourning our sin. The story of the Bible calls us into a place where when we realize the deprivation and wretchedness of our sin, we don't just stay there. We are invited to confess our sins to one another, to confess it to our God. And not only confess our sins perhaps, but also to confess the goodness of God, that our God is a forgiving God. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today what we're going to celebrate with joy and dancing. So today we're going to look at the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. And really the punchline is going to be right at the end. Let's take a look at what the Apostle Paul says. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that you may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So in this passage, we see Paul talking about actually a whole lot of things, a lot of bad things that you shouldn't do, you know, as uh, believers, as followers of Jesus, the Christ. The Christ is the chosen one. And if we are to follow him, if we are to be sealed, chosen like he is, then we need to put away all these bad things. But perhaps there is more to that also as we look at that last verse where the reason why Paul asks us to put away all these bad things and even forgive those who do these bad things is because God in Christ forgave you. So I just want to ask you guys, what do you hear from this passage? How does this show us how God calls us to move from sin or all these you know, bad and evil things to forgiveness? Yeah. I think, you know, we've talked about the idea of the response to sin is to confess our sins, but also to confess the holiness of God. And one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was this idea of sometimes we just take for granted what confessing how holy God is and that he has the ability to forgive sins and the implications of that, that the creator God of the whole world, he steps into this world, he puts on flesh. And as he's walking around with all of these broken people, these sinful people, what are the words that he often says? He says, your sins are forgiven. Uh, so many times and so many different events in the gospel, That's those are the words of Jesus. And so, you know, in some ways we're kind of 
if, we, if we've grown up in the church or we're used to reading our Bibles frequently, we kind of get used to that kind of language and we lose the weight and the magnitude of what that means, that the creator of the universe has the ability and desires for forgiveness of sins for all of us as people. Uh, and so the fact that God is doing that in Christ and he implores us to be his image and to do the same, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, reading the punchline especially is kind of a scary thought. Everything else before that, as I'm reading, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not a thief. I don't steal. Okay, fine. I can do that well. I do honest work with my hands. I generally use good language. I don't cuss. I don't swear. And then it comes to forgiveness and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Right? And I realize, wow, if God does that to me, knowing the kind of wretch that I am, that's hard to give to someone else. And so I feel, wow, wow, this challenge is, uh, this obstacle is, how am I ever going to be able to do it? So that's on one hand. And then I was actually noticing in verse 24, just before the reading started, that maybe the power to do that kind of forgiveness is not really, you know, oh, I need to muster up the forgiveness energy, the forgiveness power in me to do it. But in verse 24 of Ephesians 4, it says that we have been called to put on a new self that's created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's power that comes not from the old self in me that is still prone to being bitter and unforgiving, but it is forgiveness that comes from a new version of myself, a perfected version of myself that is the Spirit of God living and somehow working in me. Yeah. A resurrected life. Exactly. Resurrected the new life, life, the resurrected life. And the, and I would also point to the next, like the very next verse after this, it's broken by the chapter, the chapter break, but chapter five, verse one, he says, be imitators of God. He said, therefore, mm, because yeah. therefore, and he's yeah. connecting it back. He says, because of that, be imitators of God, be like God, be like Jesus Follow in this image, the image of God. So what would it look like if the people of God lived in forgiveness? How would it transform us? You know, for, for myself, I've often heard phrases like, having been forgiven, we forgive others. You know, and we take the mm. Lord's Prayer, which is definitely connected to this. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Right? And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I've often come away from it feeling like, oh, you know, Jesus has forgiven me. So, oh yeah, I guess I'm obliged to forgive other people. Otherwise, I'm a really bad person, you know, mm. because I've already <laughs> received this good thing. Yeah. But now I'm not going to give it to other people. Oh man, that's terrible. So ungrateful. Yeah, so ungrateful. <laughs> or in Chinese, you say, Inkaida, you know, you should, you should do that. You're bo mm. bienna, right? You've mm. got no choice. So, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think it's easy to default into that view of like, oh, this is really what God wants me to do, even though that's not what I want to do. And there's a, there's a little bit of that. And that's just because we're wrestling with our own will and our own desire compared to God's will and what God desires for us. But if we always lean into that side of it, we'll always begrudgingly be forgiving someone else. And, you know, it's always like the forgive, I'll forgive, but I'm not going to forget. Yeah. I'll keep it tucked away for the next time so that I can remind you of how bad you mm. were so many other times before. That's, I don't think that's really forgiveness and that's not what God intends. And so it really has to come from this place of this new life, this resurrected life of I'm starting fresh and you get to start fresh with me too. And I'm not going to hold anything against you from the past. Yeah, for me, how I deal with that tension between oh, I'm supposed to be an imitator of God and forgive fully as Christ has forgiven others. My human side always gets in the way. But when I pray, 
then I come to God in confession saying, God, forgive me. I cannot forgive as perfectly as you have forgiven this person or this situation. And that humbles me so that even when I'm struggling to fully forgive, that opens my heart up to, it's not me who has the power to do this forgiveness. It is the Holy Spirit's power working in me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a good example of that is from C.S. Lewis when he's writing some of his letters to Malcolm, his one of his good friends. Uh, those are collected in a, in a small book. And he's talking about the power of forgiveness in his own life, especially for his father who had already passed away. He had never had a chance to fully reconcile with some of the issues that they had between themselves. But he, he approached it in that exact same way. It was coming with a heavy heart, confessing before God, hey, what am I supposed to do here? There's no way I can ever resolve this. This is a burden that I don't want to bear my whole life. I want to offer forgiveness to my dead father. I want to feel his forgiveness and the things that I have. And to go to God first in that, I think changes your perspective. And for him, that was the key to unlock the door that where he persistently prayed for that for a long time before finally he said, he just woke up one day and he felt like all is forgiven. And that was a really empowering thing for him. Mm -hmm. So as we go forth this week, just want to encourage you to meditate on what the Apostle Paul says when he writes, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. We are the chosen ones. We are sealed for the day of rescue, the day of redemption. And Christ is the chosen one. So we are to be imitators of God of Christ, we are to be God and Christ to the world around us. We do not forgive because we feel like we are obliged to, because it's reciprocal, because, oh, God forgive me, therefore I better forgive someone else. But because we are called to be His images in this world, His imitators, when people look at us, we are to be God to them. So let us go forth and forgive one another, just as God in Christ, the chosen one, forgave us. That's all we have for this week on The Theology Podcast. See you next week.